Welcome to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarneri from the Resume Rx, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to empowering and encouraging nurses along your path of professional and self discovery. As a nurse practitioner, mom, and business owner, I'm on a mission to help you figure out how to leave your lasting impact on the world, all while bravely and fearlessly growing along the way. Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth, all through the lens of nursing. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Nurse Becoming Podcast. It's your host, Amanda Guarneri. Again, thank you so much for spending some time with me today, whether this is your first time listening, welcome, whether you are a longtime listener, I am so happy to spend some time with you. I know your time is valuable and it means a lot to me that you've decided to take some time out of your busy day or maybe multitask during your busy day to take a listen and invest this time into your personal and professional growth. So welcome, happy to have you. So today we are talking all about the DNP, which is the Doctor of Nursing Practice degree, often referred to as the terminal degree for nurse practitioners. I don't have a DNP. You'll hear in today's episode that the DNP rolled out right around the time that I was in grad school doing my Master's of Science in Nursing NP degree. So I didn't really get the opportunity while I was doing my nurse practitioner education to consider also doing a doctoral program. That said, DNP programs are so much more common today, and many NPs are graduating with their DNP at the same time. So rather than being nurse practitioners who go back for their DNP, there are many who are graduating as NPs with their doctorate. And I get a lot of questions about this from pre-NP students, you know, should I do a doctoral program or a master's program? Will it be required? And also from DNPs themselves, especially new graduates, asking how can I leverage this to help me stand out in my job search and in my career trajectory? Now, I like to talk about things that I have personal experience with and insider knowledge, and this is not an area of my expertise. Like I said, I don't have my DNP. I guess I'll say yet. I suppose I could have it and go back in the future for it. That's not completely out of the question. But that being said, I wanted to bring someone on who could talk about their experience both as a DNP-prepared nurse practitioner and what that meant for their career trajectory. So I'm excited to introduce to you today Veronica Sampaya. She is a doctorally prepared nurse practitioner, and we're going to talk all about the DNP today, specifically how this degree can be leveraged to help you land a job as a new graduate and also help you climb through whatever professional destiny you have or want, how it can help you move more quickly through those ranks. And and that we're going to use this term leverage a lot, which means you're going to lean on this part of your experience, this history of yours as a way to show some proof that you are capable, that you know what you're doing, that you are valuable. And we're going to dig into that today. So really excited to introduce you to Veronica. Do listen to the end. She has a business as well called The Clinician Life. She also works with nurse practitioners and 
specifically helps them with this positioning, leveraging skills in order to be considered for job opportunities and to advance. So I'm excited to share her experience with you. And at the end, she'll also give us a rundown of her business and her services so that you can connect with her and follow her and work with her if if you'd like. So without further ado, let's dive into the interview with Dr. V. Hi, Veronica. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You and I have been connected on Instagram for a little while, and we've kind of interacted back and forth. So I'm excited for us to have an in-person conversation that other people can listen in on. So I'm looking forward to it. Yes, absolutely. Me too. (laughs) So what I want to start with is have you introduce yourself in your own words and tell us a little bit about your nursing story. So kind of like what your pathway was to what you're doing right now. Absolutely. So I am Veronica uh, Sampaio. I'm a doctorly prepared nurse practitioner. I became a nurse back in 2008 and received an associate's degree in nursing at that time. I then just started my family and had a couple kids and I did all that before deciding to go back to school. And then I got my BSN in 2013 with the intention to quickly transition into nurse practitioner school. So I did the BSN to DNP program while trying to raise two toddlers in a full house, which was a lot of fun experiences to say the least. (laughs) I did the dual concentration program at the University of South Florida in Tampa, and I did the adult gerontology primary care NP And then I also did the oncology NP track. And then I graduated in 2016, where I thought I was going to be an oncology NP right out of school, but the job market kind of didn't really have that plan for me at that time. So I learned very quickly how to interview and how to leverage my education and background uh, to get my first NP job, which was in primary care, which thankfully I had my, my dual concentration to kind of fall back on that. So I ended up hating my first NP job, and I lasted three months before I gave my notice. (laughs) And um, I transitioned out of primary care into oncology, thankfully, where I was able to work collaboratively and independently with two subspecialized oncologists. I loved what I did, and I was really able to make an impact in people's lives, and that was like my dream job. I was really able to use my DNP skills there. I was able to create systems at the practice level and really create change that was meaningful and lasting. The organization I worked for was growing quickly, and they decided that they needed APP leadership structure. For those of you that don't know what APP is, it's Advanced Practice Providers, which is like nurse practitioners and PAs. And uh, there was an opportunity for an APP manager position. I had only been a nurse practitioner for two years at that point, but I had a true love for developing systems and building relationships with people. So I thought this was the perfect opportunity for me. And I leveraged my education and enthusiasm for that vision, and I got the job. I became the first medical APP manager for a five-hospital healthcare system overseeing over 100 APPs. And I got to learn so much as a manager, including the gap of knowledge in the transition from RN to NP, how to coach APPs through difficult situations in the workplace. I mean, there was a lot to learn, and it was a really great experience. But unfortunately, when the curtain was kind of pulled back from clinical to administration, I realized that I was limited on my impact, and I wasn't really able to be fully present in the relationships I had built. So I decided to get off the corporate healthcare ladder and create my own thing. And I created my business, The Clinician Life, where I'm able to help nurse practitioners through all the transitions in their career, 
uh, from going into grad school all the way through getting their next NP job. I also still see patients uh, part-time as an endocrine NP. I always said that if I didn't do oncology, I would have done endocrine. So thankfully, I'm in endocrine and I'm, I love it doing it part-time. I also love, you know, kind of what I'm doing with building relationships and uh, with nurse practitioners and helping them. So yeah, that's where I I'm at. <laughs> I love all that. I love particularly how, you know, you talked about when you got that manager position, how you leveraged your education and your passion. And and maybe on paper, you probably weren't 100% qualified for that role, but it didn't stop you. And I, I feel like that's something that we don't talk about enough, you know, how many of us, especially nurses, especially women, tend to wait until we're 100% qualified for something before we have the guts to go for it. So I think that part of your story is just something that a lot of people can learn from. I will tell you, none of the jobs that I have ever held as a nurse practitioner, I have fully qualified for. None of them. <laughs> because it has been leveraging my background and saying, look, you, I may not have the years of experience, but look at all these other things I bring to the table. So you're absolutely right. I'm really glad that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I really, I, I think that I, whenever I hear stories like that, which is often, I like to point it out because I think that imposter syndrome and fear can keep us in this place of thinking that we're not worthy because we don't meet all the qualifications. And listen, men, they will wait until they meet less than 50. This is statistically proven. You know, men will wait until they meet less than 50% of qualifications before applying for jobs. But women tend to wait until it's closer to 100%. Wow. So I know. So if that job posting says, you know, two years of experience required, you apply for it anyway. <laughs> right? That is right. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so I would love to know a little bit more about you kind of in the pre-nursing stage of your life. Like, were there any clues in your upbringing that either led you towards nursing or even led you towards a leadership position? Yeah. Actually, I didn't start going into nursing. I started my career off with a degree in office systems technology, which was kind of like business um, associated. And life slapped me in the face. And my husband, uh, right when we got uh, married, he was diagnosed with lymphoma. And we ended up going through chemo and radiation. He was in the military at the time. So we were in the VA getting treatments. Um, I live in Orlando, and we would have to drive all the way to Tampa every day. Uh, to do those. And I met the most amazing, I mean, amazing nurses that really changed my life, our life. And I realized I wanted to make a difference in people's lives the way that they did in ours. And I decided then after seeing what amazing things they were doing that I wanted to be a nurse. And it was like, God whispered in my ear, like, this is for you, girl. It was like one day to the next. I'm like, this is what I'm meant to be. And I remember nobody in my family's in healthcare, you know, and actually my, one of my sisters had leukemia as a child and we went through bone marrow transplants with her and you know, I think that that experience along with, you know, this experience with my husband, it was like, you know, I have this just all of a sudden uh, awareness that um, I need to do this. So that's kind of where my career in nursing started as an older adult. Well, maybe not that so older. I was like 24, but. <laughs> <laughs> older, older than the expectation we have of people of when they exactly. need to know, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think that's a really um, special story. And I think a lot of nurses have 
a story like that, like if it wasn't something that they always knew, there was definitely some sort of pivotal moment that that made a big difference for them. And and I wonder if, you know, you said that you you wanted to make an impact and a difference in, in people's lives. Do you feel like when you because you said you transitioned away from the APP manager position, were you not getting enough of that type of impact and that type of substance? I think so. I think that there was certain things that I wanted to do, certain changes for the better that I want that I really felt could really impact lives. And I was limited in that. And I kind of felt like a middle manager, you know, where I was limited by all of these great ideas and this vision where when you have a corporate structure, it's kind of, you know, you've got to go through all of these layers and um, change wasn't coming as quickly as maybe I wanted it to. And maybe I was impatient, (laughs) but I really felt like for me, I was just limited on my impact. And there's a lot of different things that were limiting my ability to further develop those relationships as well. So, you know, even when I'm sitting there coaching someone, I might have a million other things to do. So I couldn't really be fully present. And that was really frustrating for me because even just comparing it to now where I'm able to meet people, I'm able to give them my one-on-one attention. And I don't feel this burden of like emails ringing in the background, you know, Mm -hmm. feeling like um, I really can't give them all of me and and be fully present for them. So, yeah. I think that was... Um, a brave observation, like an astute observation on, on your part, and then kind of a brave pivot to say, you know, I want to be doing this, but in a different way and in, in a different depth with people, which was really like the catalyst for for your business, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So I want to talk a little bit, you know, this episode, we're talking about the DNP specifically, and I, I brought you on because I really want to hear about your decision-making process, you know, when you decided to do the DNP route versus stopping at the MSN. And then I also want to talk about how your DNP education has really shaped your career thus far and how you feel it will shape it moving forward. So let's start, if you can break it down for me, the decision-making process you went through when you decided, you know, because you did that BSN to DNP program, why Mm -hmm. BSN to DNP and not stop at the MSN? I'll start with why I even became a nurse practitioner. You know, there there was um, actually one pivotal moment. There's a couple of different reasons, but there was a moment where I could really see what impact a nurse practitioner can make. There was an NP at the VA uh, where my husband was treated that really advocated for us at the highest level, like literally. She saw that we were a young couple without kids, and she realized that we needed sperm banking to secure our chances of having a family for the future. And of course, that wasn't on our mind. I mean, I was 20 years old when I got married, so but she felt that this should be covered by the VA and that this shouldn't be an additional cost for us. So she kept receiving no's all the way up. She took it all the way to the general where she finally got a yes. And, you know, and, and that in itself, like, thankfully, we didn't need sperm banking to make her to have our family. But that gesture in itself was truly incredible and something that I'll never forget as an impactful way that, wow, you know, um, this isn't just somebody that comes to work to get a paycheck. You know, this is someone that is really, truly coming to make a difference. And I'm like, that's the kind of impact I want to have. That's the kind of effect on people that I want to have. So that was kind of, you know, pre-nursing reason. Um, but then when I became a nurse, I began to see 
that I was capable of more. I was ready for more. You know, I wanted to have more say in patients' care. I knew that if I just li- listened a little closer, I could really develop care plans that were tailored for the patient and family and have better outcomes. You know, so that was my reason to go back and, and really advance into, you know, advanced practice. And as far as like the DNP versus the MSN, you know, honestly, at the time, I didn't really know the difference. I didn't, you know, I, I was like, I wanted to get my NP. I went to USF because they were offering the dual concentration for oncology students, and they were only offering the BS to DNP at the time. So it was actually after my DNP school where I realized, oh, this is what it is. And this is for me. And this is everything I needed to learn. And I had amazing faculty that were so enthusiastic about all of the opportunities a DNP education has for your career. And um, they actually taught me in DNP school how I could leverage that DNP. So yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a straight path to DNP. But looking back, you know, I'm part of different groups as far as, you know, like nurse practitioner groups on Facebook and things like that. And I, and I see a lot of questions as to, is the DNP worth it? And, you know, things like that. And, and honestly, looking back before my DNP, I would say, I don't know, or maybe it's not, you know, thinking, and I, even thinking back to when I was in my master's program, I'm like, I wish I could just graduate and start practicing. But truly, when I was immersed in the DNP um, educational journey, I was like, this is golden for the rest of my career. And um, it really taught me leadership skills, and it's helped me in my business. It's it's really opened up opportunities for me that wouldn't have been there had I just gotten my MSN. I feel like the advice that I see, so so I don't have my DNP. I have my MSN. I actually was getting my MSN when like the first rounds of DNP cohorts were, were graduating. So uh-huh. um, back in the early, well, in 2011 was when I graduated. So it wasn't really an option for me when I started school. But what I hear the advice, I hear if you want to work just clinically, don't bother with the DNP. But if you want to work in leadership, then get the DNP. But what I'm hearing from you is like, maybe that it's not that simple. It's not that cut and dry. Because it sounds like there are benefits even for people who want to have a primarily clinical career. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. So what the DNP does is it really opens up your mind and your thinking process when you approach clinical patients or even your your practice, right? So uh, for example, when I was in my oncology uh, position, there was a lot of just these systems that were broken and they weren't working for patients and they were they were slow, or maybe there was problems with uh, getting callbacks and things like that. And I was really able to learn how to evaluate a system and create changes at the practice level. So what was great was that they, because it was such a growing organization, and I was really um, one of the first in that position, there wasn't another nurse practitioner that had that position prior to me. So it was cool, because I could kind of create things as I went in trial and error. And uh, using all those skills that I learned in my DNP, I was really able to create lasting change in in a way that I created a um, what we called like a chemo hug, where patients, um, sometimes they would kind of get lost in the process of starting chemotherapy, and they wouldn't see a, a provider for maybe eight weeks or something like that after starting chemo. So 
you know, I said, you know, there should be a way where we can utilize my skills as a nurse practitioner by, you know, symptom management and really assessment. So we hugged their chemo with a pre-visit with me where I would be able to evaluate them, make sure that they're ready, make sure they got all their pre-meds, make sure that they've got all their questions answered. They would get their chemo and then we would hug it at the end with, how are you feeling? Uh, is there anything that you need? Uh, make sure that, you know, every all of their needs were met. And that is something that, again, I feel like for me, my DNP was able to really show me how to create that system, how to evaluate that and say, I can create that. I independently can create this change. I've been trained to do so. So, yes, absolutely. I love that. You're, you're making me want to get my DNP over <laughs> here now. <laughs> <laughs> I am pro DNP. You will hear me say that all day long. <laughs> I just love hearing examples of how it's used because I'm I'm not sure that there are a lot of conversations about here's how my practice is different because I have the DNP. So that's why I'm really excited to kind of dive into this. Hey, my friend, real quick. Very soon, I will be unlocking the doors to the NP Society, a virtual community for nurse practitioners to advance their careers, engage in expert masterclasses, expand their clinical confidence, and connect with other outstanding NPs. And I would love for you to be a part of it. If you are a nurse practitioner or soon to be one, and this level of community and personal development has been missing from your life, then I invite you to get on the waitlist for the NP Society now so that that you don't miss the announcement and special invitation to join. So head to thenpsociety.com to join the waitlist. Again, that's thenpsociety.com to join the waitlist. And I can't wait to tell you more about this community that I've been working on behind the scenes. I am so ready to release it to the world and have you join me inside. So again, head to thenpsociety.com to join the waitlist. So my next question would be, you know, I know that there are a lot of new grads who are in DNP programs. And typically, the first step is to find a nurse practitioner job. And a lot of times those are primarily clinical roles. So there may or may not be that opportunity as a new grad to really leverage the DNP or or maybe there is. What are your thoughts directed towards DNP new grads? This is the most exciting question ever. <laughs> I, I think, um, okay, so I'll tell you what I did. And this is my, the advice that I give for DNP graduates. Every DNP has to do a capstone project, right? Or a you know, DNP project. And mine was hyperglycemia in cancer patients. And I had amazing faculty, like I said, you know, um, she really, every, everybody wants you to, to publish, but she really was like, no girl, you're, you're going to publish this. <laughs> so I ended up publishing and I ended up um, creating this program where it was like an algorithm for nurses and their thought process when they encountered hyperglycemic cancer patients. And then I also gave them a training as to why this is important. You know, what are the outcomes for people that, with uncontrolled um, hyperglycemia? And when I did all of that, I felt like it was a it was a lot to get to that point, but I was really able to leverage that DNP project and what I did because I worked collaboratively with the interdisciplinary team. You know, I was able to evaluate a problem 
and really create a solution. And I had statistical information saying that this is the outcome of, you know, nurses learning from this program. So I used all of that. I created a portfolio, which I am pro portfolio as well. And I really use that for my interviews. And I always say, go on as many interviews as you can, because you start to really learn yourself. You start to learn about how you can leverage um, your background and all of your skills, and then also your interviewing skills by practicing them. So it came to this job that I thought I really wanted. Well, I did want, you know, and I brought my portfolio. I did all of my research, making sure that I knew exactly what kind of clinic I was applying for. And I knew that they had a heavy diabetes population. And I brought all of my stuff. I said, you know, look, you know, I know you guys have a heavy diabetes population. And although my experience is in cancer patients, I did my DNP project in hyperglycemia in cancer patients. And I know how to work collaboratively. I know to how to evaluate systems. I know you guys have a diabetic educator or a nutritionist here. And I would love to continue to develop this program to really improve your outcomes for diabetics. And I can do it because look at this is what I've done. I'm telling you that blew them away <laughs> and it would blow any employer away, right? Because when you're there sitting there showing them something tangible, look, this is the, I won this exceptional poster award for this work that I did. I published my paper. I met with the director, the regional director, and he took my paper out of my portfolio. He was like, I'm going to read this later. Thank you. You know? So um, it was something that I really feel like I learned to leverage and I really teach others how to do that and how to, you know, that you're not just a, uh, a new, you have a different set of skills that you need to leverage when looking for a job as a DNP. And um, the one way to do that is to show how your DNP project really developed you into a different type of clinician. I also ended up having extra, because of the way that my clinical um, rotations went, I got extra clinical hours. So I also leveraged that. I said, look, I've not, I have over and above, you know, the the required for the MSN, I've, I've gone above and beyond for that. So, so yeah, leveraging that DNP, I've used it every single time and adding to my portfolio and showing something tangible. Um, it works. I'm telling you, it works. I love that. I, I'm not surprised that it worked. Like hearing you tell me, I'm like, oh, she definitely got that job. Like that is, <laughs> that is awesome. And, you know, if you have that DNP experience or, or really any research experience, anything that's kind of above and beyond, anything that makes you have a unique value, I think is so important to decide how you're going to leverage it. Like, even if it hadn't been directly related to the patient population, you still could have found a way to spin the fact that you did this project and that it increases your value to a practice, right? Like it's really about presenting your experience, whatever you're going to leverage, and then drawing the parallel to what the specific problem or need is of. The place you're applying to, right? Like, do you agree that you probably could have turned that into a big value add regardless of whether they had a large diabetic population? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's not just about the population. It's about the skills that were learned and what, what value you bring um, that to a healthcare organization, to a clinic, again, at the practice level, because it goes from 
from your own practice all the way up through administration and, and leadership and things like that. So it can it can be utilized um, exactly the way you said it, however you want to spin it and whatever you want to really take and tailor and speak their language, right? When you are really um, researching the organization and really understanding what they're looking for and how you can um, lead that and, and show how you're going to be able to contribute to that mission, to that vision, you can absolutely uh, blow them away. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. I think that it just makes such an important point that, especially when you go to interview, and this can be done in the pre interview phase too, for sure, but it's just so important to remember that you want to be solving a problem for the employer. Like that's going to go over really well because that's their perspective. They're thinking about what type of value will this person bring to our organization, whether it's monetary value, like how much can they produce seeing patients or how can they make our lives easier? How can they solve a problem? I think having that shift of a mentality when you are applying for a position can be can be really helpful and help you kind of draw out those those ways so that you can showcase the value that you that you add. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so, let's talk just for a couple minutes about different pathways for DNP prepared nurse practitioners. So, there is definitely leadership that can happen you know, within a clinic. And you also touched upon the role that you held as an APP manager. Can we brain dump some other possible pathways for DNPs? I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you can be an entrepreneur. Um, you can be, uh, it can go all the way up the healthcare ladder up to the, my boss was a, uh, she was a clinical, a chief clinical officer and she was a DNP. Um, so, I mean, all the way up to the C-suite, you can take this. So, you know, and if you don't want to do the corporate ladder, even just in your, you know, daily practice, again, it can still be used to lead. It can still be used to lead your team. You know, you, you learn revenue cycle. You know, you you learn all of these different things and even how to build a clinic, right? So, you know, all of these things that you can use in really anything. So, you know, definitely in healthcare um, leadership in large organizations, starting your own practice, it can help, um, you know, becoming an entrepreneur, something different, not necessarily a practice, but maybe something like what we're doing, it will help. I mean, I, honestly, the the ideas are limitless, really, it's whatever you can, you can really use whatever you, you glean from that experience, and you take it, you can do anything. Yeah, for sure. I'm also thinking of things like faculty positions. Oh, yeah. So you could be DMP, <laughs> be faculty, of course. And then uh, even outside of your clinical work or your paid work, you could use it to be involved with your professional organization. You could use it to be a policy advocate. And and yeah, but I think, you know, the bottom line is you can really use it to enhance whatever whatever is important to you and whatever your skills are, whatever you've learned that you are really talented at, you can kind of this degree helps you amplify that. Absolutely. Yes. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, I'll be honest with you when I, so when I did my, my NP program, it was an MSN program. It was at an Ivy league institution and the DNP had just rolled out and the Dean of students 
the dean of the nursing school, was really anti-DNP. Like, she was very vocal about it. She said, you know, this isn't a real doctorate. Um, None of my, yeah, she's like, if any of you want a doctorate, the only doctorate to get is a PhD, blah, blah, blah. Like, very vocal about it. And kind of ingrained this bias into us. Um, but, But the kicker is, like, two years later, that same school started a DNP program. So they quickly changed their tune. But she was very vocal that, you know, none of the professors that she would hire would be DNP. They had to be PhD nurses, um, which I think was really, really unfortunate and kind of did a disservice to all of us new NPs or student NPs who really deserved to know more about what was out there impossible for us to advance our education. So for a long time, I had this bias, this stigma in my head, because that's what my respected leaders had told me, which was totally unfair. Um, Fortunately, you know, I've, I've come, it's been many years, I've (laughs) I've changed my tune after educating myself. But I tell that story because there are all these preconceived notions about anything and everything, right? But it's important to when you're trying to make this decision to take the time to figure out what the best path is, for you, and even if you didn't have as intentional of a decision to do the MSN versus the DNP, once you have it, you really owe it to yourself to explore how it will help you advance in your career. Because some people make decisions like you did based on the the certifications offered or where they live or the school that they can afford, whatever it is. But if you end up in a DNP program, you owe it to yourself to know how it can help you in the long run. Absolutely. And and really, like you said, you know, I think being intentional in the DNP program is going to be really important. I think if you're able to really explore yourself prior to really starting that portion, you could really take that and leverage that education and, and the resources that you have. You have amazing faculty there that have amazing wealth of experience. So, you know, let's say your reason for going back would be maybe owning your own practice, right? And you want to have some skills in leadership and maybe more business. Make sure that all of your work is based off of, you know, opening up a practice. Any papers um, that you're going to be creating in the program that it's based off of what you want to do so that, again, you can leverage the resources that are available to you during that time. Yeah, totally. I love that. So you left an APP manager job to start your own business, The Clinician Life. So I'd love for you to tell us, what is The Clinician Life? What do you do in this business? Kind of give us the the rundown. Yeah. So I help nurse practitioners really just transition into the next level like whatever the level up is, if, if it's, you know, I'm, I want to go back to NP school. Well, I'm here to really help coach you as to what that looks like. I I still encounter it, but I encountered it more when I was an APP manager where they were, um, there were FNPs that maybe um, wanted to go into critical care. And I felt like, gosh, there should be really somebody that is out there that's really giving this information where you know you can really take to, to to leverage your education and tailor your education to what you want to do. If your idea is to go into critical care, really it should be an acute care program that you go into. So you know I I help coach nurse practitioners in um, before they make the big decision to go back, all the way through you know helping to fill the knowledge gap, 
after school and, you know, whether it be through uh, helping them with their resume, because we don't learn resumes in, you know, NP school or even RN school, right? So, you know, I help them with their resumes and, and I build portfolios. Again, I am a huge portfolio advocate because it is such a great way to, you know, have a tangible way to show your skills and, and your talents. And, all the way to, I want to go to DNP school and I, I don't know what I want to do and I want to brainstorm. So, you know, I help with people wanting to go back to school. So really, uh, again, it's in all transitions. I have lots of different services. So I am at the, at the Clinician Life on Instagram and uh, at the Clinician Life on Facebook as well. And you can find me on my website as well at thecliniciallife.com. Awesome. I you're you're speaking right to me. Of course, you and I I think have very similar motivations in terms of we really want to support and help nurse practitioners really get the most out of their out of their careers. And I love following your Instagram page. There's just so many gems. Um, so I really encourage everyone listening to to go follow you and connect with you. And so, do you mostly work one on one with? nurse practitioners, how are your services structured? So generally, if um, someone books a resume service with me, I get on a Zoom call with them one-on-one, and I really help coach them in that way. I feel like that's the best way for me, but I'm starting to really think I need to be able to kind of reach more people because it's getting more limited. But the reason I love that is because, again, it's that one-on-one connection, um, and I can really tailor my uh, advice to their specific situation. You know, we we get on a Zoom call, we do interview preparation, we talk through what should be really on your resume, and we then do drafts and we go and we tailor until it is exactly the way that you and I both want it. <laughs> and, and then they also get, uh, again, interview preparation. And I also do mock interviews and things like that with them. So it's, it's a really a de- developing a relationship that's long lasting. I mean, I've got NPs that will be like, oh my gosh, I got the job or, you know, this job, uh, ask me these questions or different things like that. It's everything I've, I've wanted, uh, you know, out of a career. That's pretty much how, how I work with people right now one-on-one. I love that. Yeah. Your, your enthusiasm really shines through. So I'm, I'm so glad to get to talk to you and share your services with my community and especially to learn more about the DNP. I learned, I learned a lot talking to you today. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Thank you so much for the invite. This was awesome. Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and making it all the way to the end. If you found today's episode helpful, would you take a minute and give me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts? It will truly help other nurses find this show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I cannot wait to connect with you again soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.